You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 6. Verse 33. Ready? Read. Those of us who say we have a hard time memorizing Scripture, there's one Scripture you will know off by heart by the end of this year. Jesus gave us a very clear instruction on priorities. Seek first. Now, if you were not here this morning, you probably picked up over the last few weeks is that we've been teaching line upon line, precept upon precept to establish a principle of first And then in the evening, we want to move into the power of that to see how that's going to manifest in our lives. And over the last few weeks, we've had a look at who God is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God. So the beginning is a moment in time where even science says there there has to have been an ignition point, a beginning. But the Word tells us clearly when that happened, God already was. It's not a case of who created God. God is. And in the beginning, He was there. And we know from Genesis 21 verse 33, we're talking about El Olam, the everlasting God. The very word El Olam in the Hebrew speaks of no beginning, no end. It's outside of natural understanding. So once you go outside of natural understanding then human reason and debate falls away. See, we can debate each other. You can get someone who's very, you know, there are some people when they debate, you can see they, they're sharp, man. It doesn't matter what you say. They've got to snap back. They've got to snap back. They got to, and that can be intimidating. But that doesn't make them right. I said, that doesn't make them right. Just because you speak faster than me, we're going to go back to what the Word says is you can say, yes, button, what about, and yeah, button doesn't make sense, and yeah, but all of that's locked into three dimensions. Everything you've said is limiting God, and we're speaking of an unlimited God. So you cannot use natural laws to determine if God exists or not. He is outside the system. He lives in that realm of the fourth. Who even knows if there's a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimension? I mean, we're just talking about beyond those three dimensions. And so we're talking about a God that has no limitations. That, that just struck me now. The moment you say fourth dimension means that's the end of it as well. No, there's an eternity in eternity. The Bible says so. He's the eternal from the eternal. Eternity, he lives in eternity to eternity. Praise God. See, the natural mind will really have a whole time. You have a hard enough time of getting hold of eternity, but what about an eternity in that eternity and then outside that eternity? Okay, let's not go there now. We've done that already. So, yeah, we see God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So we've had a look at the Father who was there in the beginning. And then we saw in John chapter 1 that Jesus as the Word was also there in the beginning. Yeah, it's revealed that the Holy Spirit was also there at the same time. So again, don't get confused. It's not something that you can, you know, some people say it's like an egg. There's a shell and the white and the yolk, you know, it's water, that's ice and vapor and solid. No, you, you can't explain God using natural pieces. 
What we do know is that there are definitely three persons, and yet the word says they are one. We don't serve multiple gods. But Elohim is a plural word, but it's God as a plural. Singular in the plural. Hallelujah. You're getting a hold of this. Uh, and the evidence of that, we don't have time to study it tonight, but of course we saw in the baptism, there's Jesus person in body, right? He's there. He goes in the water and comes out and then the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He didn't leave his body to come on him. Another person, the Holy Spirit came on him. And then we heard a voice from heaven. So not, it's not Jesus doing ventriloquism now. No, there's a third person speaking. You're getting this. So that's the concept. That, but these three are here revealed in Genesis 1 verse 1 and 2. Right in the beginning. They were there from the beginning. And so we had a look at that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 from the Amplified Version. We saw that Jesus is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying of radiance of the divine, and He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. And this is what I wanted to show us. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. Hallelujah. This is what's happening. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. So the Father is the creator, and He did it by the spoken word, but now we found out the word is Jesus, a person. But it's by this word of power that everything is propelled and made. And we saw in Psalm chapter 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. That word breath is the Hebrew word ruah. Ruah. Speaks of breath, wind, spirit, and refers to the spirit of God, which we saw revealed in Isaiah 40 verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who has measured the heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure? who weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance, and who has directed the Spirit, the Ruach, of the Lord? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord as his counselor, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? Who instructed him? Who taught him the path of righteousness? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? What he's saying is, there's no one that could have taught him this. He is the originator. Now, for those that weren't here this morning, and you've got to realize how awesome and powerful God is. The Father has this desire to create a natural creation. He then speaks it, but that manifestation is Jesus, the Word. And in that spoken Word, the Holy Spirit goes into action, and He's the one that built it. His power is what brought it into natural manifestation. And now Isaiah is saying the way He did that is he, he took water and he weighed it in his hands. I'm thinking, you know, for the sake, as I say, for those that were here, just bear with me for now, is, is he, he, everything that he did, sometimes when we design, you've got to weigh things. You know how engineers are. They know that if they're going to do a steel bridge, you can only go so far with steel and then you need a pillar. And, you have start, and they've got formulas for that. Well, where did those formulas come from? From failed bridges. 
So bridges fell and they thought, ooh, that didn't work. And so they, they and eventually over time developed uh, a, a formula that steel has X amount of strength and the span can go so far. And if it's so far, you need a support. And that's why often you hear they come, they want to build a big building. And they say, we've got to put a pillar in the middle. Well, we can't do that. Well, then you need a lot more steel. You see, all of those things come from experience. Now, how did the Holy Spirit get his experience? He picked up some water. So obviously water already existed before he actually brought it into the natural. And he picked it up in his hand and he just felt it. Okay, I know exactly how to balance the earth. Says that he picked up the sand in his hand and he weighed mountains and, and hills. Now, the, you, you know, in your car, when you're driving down the highway, next month the car's blah, 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 you know something's out of line, isn't that right? And you go in and what do they do? They put it on that machine. And I don't know if any of you have seen it happen. For those that haven't, then their wheel spins. And what's it doing? It's measuring where that thing's out of line. And then it stops. And then the gauge says, yeah. They take a little bit of weight like that. And dun, 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 knock it on your wheel. They spin it again. Now it doesn't wobble anymore. You see, because you've got to have that little weight can throw that whole car out. Don't you realize a mountain in the wrong place? Boom, boom, boom. Our, our earth is all of a sudden. And, and the Holy Spirit figured that out by holding some dust in his hand. He marked the heavens. You've heard it said, the earth, the distance from the sun, it's in exactly the right place. If it was too close to the sun, we'd be another Mercury. We'd be hot. To, to, if it's too far, we'd be an ice planet. We, we're exactly where we need to be. How did he figure that out? It says with a span. That's a span. That, that's a span. Go study it. That's a span. He went, boom, 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 boom. Okay, we put the earth here. Come on, how can you tell me there's not a God? This didn't happen by chance. Just some atoms, next moment, yeah, you are breathing one day. Just, how can someone be so dumb and still breathe? You know, it's like, no, I don't want to insult anybody. Did I mention any names? No, okay. So the point I'm making we love everybody. We want all people saved. But come to the knowledge that there is an El Olam, an eternal God. Someone who's way beyond anything we could ever imagine. And yet, He thinks of you. Oh, come on. I thought that would get a praise. And then we saw in Job chapter 32, verse 8, that there is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. We saw the word neshama. Everybody say neshama. Neshama is that breath or puff or divine inspiration. Hallelujah. It's that spirit of God that gives us inspiration. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now I said this morning that talks of natural things. Eyes, what you can see. You can only see between red and violet. So anything beyond in that fourth dimension, you can't see it with a natural mind. The things heard. So there is a limitation to what we can experience. To what we know about God. And God has prepared things for us 
that we could never even imagine. See, here's the thing. When people have a problem with prosperity or healing, it's not like man woke up one day and said, you know what? I think I want to be blessed. Let me see if there's a God out there. No, God showed up to Abraham. Abraham was minding his own business. His whole family were already worshiping. They were worshiping what they could see. Sun, moon, they were worshiping creation. So Abraham, in that upbringing, didn't even know that there was a creator. He was raised worshiping creation. So where did he come up with the idea of an El Olam? God showed up to him and said, I am El Shaddai. Say, what? Yeah, I'm the one that created everything. And I have chosen you to represent me. And I'm going to work through you and make you a great nation. And in you, I'm going to bless you in a way that's going to bless nations. Blessing was God's idea. The multiplication was God's idea. The increase was God's idea. When the children of Israel started getting sick and things were happening, they got attacked. God put that stave up with a serpent on it. Look on that and you'll be healed. The word says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them. I am your Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. They didn't say, I I wonder if God heals. No, and then try and invent a doctrine around it. No, he said he's the one that heals. Why? It was already established in creation, before creation. Before creation, the word says that Jesus was crucified. He knew you and I would mess up. And yet he already established the blessing, the healing, the deliverance, the provision, everything that you could imagine. Knowing there would be a curse. He sent Jesus to that cross to bear that curse so that that blessing can come upon you. Come on, give Jesus praise if you got a hold of this. So we didn't come up with the idea we want to be blessed. We want to prosper. We want to heal. That is God. And he says here that even though the natural mind didn't perceive it. So where did we come up with it? Verse 10. But God revealed them to us through his spirit. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the thing of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, if Paul stopped there, we'd be living in the state of, you never know what God's going to do. That's what religion tries to tell us. Religion will try and talk you out of God's blessing. And yet, he doesn't stop there. He says, now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may know the things which are freely being given to us by God. God wants you to know everything is prepared for you. But it's a very important family, God. God wants you to know He's healed you. He wants you prosperous. He wants you blessed. 
He wants you provided for. But never let that become the distraction. The Spirit of God has been given to reveal it to you. But it's not so that He can slip you the notes and then you say thank you and you go live on your own. No, we're making sure we keep the first priorities first. God wants you prosperous. I need to let you know that. But let that not be our distraction. You want to make sure that Jesus is always still the center. Seek first Him. Seek first His kingdom. Seek His righteousness. That's why you have scriptures. I would rather be poor and not lose God. But that's not saying that's God's will for you. You've got to understand the priorities. If anything gets in the way of me and God, I'll dump it. Because that will not become my idol. Idols get slain. Shout amen. amen. So God wants you to know what's been freely given to us. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, here's the thing. A lot of doctrine that comes against God's power, against miracles, against the supernatural, against the gifts that He gives us, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, the cessation doctrine that, you know, the gifts have passed away. All of this is brought in by human reasoning. You've got to really argue the Scriptures to get those things out. You've got to say, I know the Bible says, but. And the moment we're butting, we're now speaking from human reasoning. Because what we're doing is we're dealing with things of the realm of the Spirit. So if you think of that, if you're thinking in terms of, of, of discerning things of the Spirit by the Spirit... If all we did was wake up on a Sunday morning, go to a physical building, sing some physical songs from a physical pulpit, using Scripture, preach the Word, but that's all you have, and then go home and just worship God. So far, we've got no supernatural here. There's no, more, there's no, there's no spirit involved. Oh, come on, say amen. amen. How many of you have ever sat in a message where you know that church or that preacher does believe in the realm of the Spirit, believe in the realm of the miraculous, believe in the supernatural, that with God all things are possible? Have you ever been in a message there where they will teach, similar to what I'm teaching tonight, could even have been me, reading from the Scripture, teaching along a certain subject, not even mentioning your problem. Yet in listening, you hear a word and you go, that's my answer. You, you suddenly had something well up on the inside of you. I didn't say it, but you heard it. What's happened? Eyes not seen, ear is not heard. But what happened? Something breathed. 
Not something, someone. Why? Because that preacher believes that when I speak, you're not just hearing my English language. I believe the Spirit is right now flowing, right now imparting. Healings take place while I'm speaking. Deliverance takes place while I'm speaking. Your answers are dropping in your spirit while I'm speaking. But if you close to say, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, it's not going to happen. Because you're listening in the natural. Uh, I know he says that, but actually, is that really in the Bible? But when you open to the supernatural, how do you believe the word says that with man it's impossible? There are things that you speak to any human out there that doesn't believe in God, they will tell you there are things you cannot do. You cannot jump higher than three meters. Are you with me? There's certain things in the natural. The fastest a man can run is X kilometers per hour. The fastest, fastest man. You cannot get to Cape Town in less than 10 seconds if you're walking. They will tell you that. Yet you read your Bible. And there's a man, Philip, after baptizing that eunuch, he's busy walking. Next moment, he's in another town. Don't tell me a man can't move from X to Y without the time and distance in place. I believe in the supernatural. Well, why don't you just use that instead of a car then? You see, that you back into human reasoning. I don't know why God does it at one moment. There are some things He does because that's what He wants to do. But evidently it did happen. It's recorded. I actually believe that. Now, if you don't, well, then we can just be friends. But here's my point. I'm still going to keep encouraging you to give your life to Jesus. So with man, it's impossible. With man, it's impossible. Is that what the Word says? Jesus even said it. Yeah, with man, it is impossible. But not with God, for with God, all things are possible. Now, is Jesus the Word? Yes, is. is He the way? Yes. Is He the truth? Yes. If it's in red, uh-huh. In other words, if He opens His mouth, what you see there, even if your brain's going, tilt, no way, can't be. That's why He says things like, assuredly, truly, truly. You know, you've heard me say it before. Someone says to you, uh, can I be honest with you now? My question is, weren't you up till now? Now you want to be honest. I'm, you know, Jesus never lied. So when he says assuredly, I'm telling you the truth. What's he saying? Your brain is going to tilt with this next piece of information. But I am the Word. So what comes out my mouth, even if everything in you says, no ways, couldn't be, I don't see it, I don't, he says, I am telling you, if you speak to this mountain and tell it to be removed and cast in the sea, don't doubt in your heart. Believe when you speak, you have what you say. 
That wasn't some new age guru, some uh, Christian science. That wasn't some met- metaphysics, whatever they, that people try and explain the way. That was Jesus. He said, open your mouth and speak. And if you can get to the place, if you think you can move a mountain, you will do it. Did he say that? That person said, with God. Now, when Jesus says all things, what do you think he means? Except for. Was there any brackets behind what he said? Or did he say all things are possible? Well, then I believe I can jump higher than three meters. Well, do it, Pastor Alan. I don't need to now. But if the day ever comes when I come against the sea and there's a Pharaoh coming down on me with a whole country of army ready to annihilate me and my people, I believe I can pick up a staff and he will drive a highway through that sea. Don't tell me he can't do it. Yeah, but that was Moses. Oh, right. And then Joshua, they're out fighting one day. And he notices we're running out of day, but we are this close. I'm not taking my people into another day of war. Sun stand still. Moon stand still. Don't tell me it's not possible. What are we going to feed these people? 120 denarii to not, not enough. I don't ask if you have enough money. What do you have? Five loaves, two fish. What is that among so many people? It's impossible. Give it here. Let me show you something. Don't tell me. It's not possible to feed 5,000 men, women, and children out of five loaves and two fish. Well, they must have had a little bit of food. No, they gathered it afterwards. There's 12 baskets left. Now, there's all kinds of reasoning that we put into that. It was a boy's lunch. It was his seed. He has a harvest. You know, we can explain all of that. I really believe the more I'm studying this is Jesus wanted to show you because he knows the mind of the natural. He just did the miracle. Everyone got fed. Everybody would have thought they had little crumbs and things for the day. No, he gathers it to show there's way more than five loaves left. Where did that come from? Where did all that bread come from that's lying in the baskets? It wasn't here just now. The same place that manna came from when it dropped out of heaven. Don't try to talk me out of the supernatural. I hope I get enough amens in this house. See, family of God, we may not always be able to explain how it happens. And we may look a little over the top. But it's the over the top that got my wife healed. Kept her alive when the doctors wrote her off. She's here by that word of power. When a man dared to believe it and stand before his God and praise and worship him. When every day the news looked worse and bad. No, (laughs) you cannot 
Uh, you just come too late. You're not talking. You cannot talk it out of me. How do you say amen? See, we're not speaking from man's wisdom. See, verse 14, the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. they foolishness to him. See, there could be someone right now watching this on TV. Look at this fool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are. I found you in the Scripture. Now, I didn't call you a fool. It says it's foolishness to you. I didn't say you're a fool. It seems like foolishness. But you have an answer. I'm here. I, I have been sent into your life to help save you into this glory. Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen. Don't change the channel now. Hang in there, tiger. Watch this. They are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. See, everybody's getting excited. Y'all going, yeah. How, how many of you can sense? I know your mind may be tilting, but I'm listening and I'm hearing. And what God, I, how you can hear? It's the realm. You're seeing things that a natural mind will never understand. Look at verse 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. What's Jesus talking about? What's Paul talking about here? He's talking about where Jesus spoke in John 16 that the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into truth. He'll not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He'll tell you things to come. He'll tell you things to come. He'll tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. He will. So you are going to hear some things that are not in the Bible. Is that the truth? Now, doctrine is settled. That's the word. He's not going to give you something that contradicts the word. But whatever he does speak, he's revealing to you specific things. You see, God didn't give us the address of this building. I didn't find it in the Bible. But he spoke it to us. He led, it to, led us to it. How? By the Spirit of truth. John chapter 14. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So this morning, we had a look at how to be led by the Spirit. Now, I don't want to teach that again. You can go and look at that. What I do want us to see in... Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 is, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. See, as long as you limit God to three dimensions, you're only going to get three-dimensional solutions. So, in all your ways, see, again, that's seeking first. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. It's better to trust in the Lord and to put confidence in man. Have a look at Psalm 118 verse 8. Psalm 118 verse 8. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust the Lord than put confidence in princes. Hallelujah. There's two parts to that verse. Verse 9. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in in princes. There we go. Okay. So, this Holy Spirit, Jesus said he would send him. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
the Spirit of God was poured out and they were engulfed in flames. The flame came and sat on each one of them. And so that's the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And we won't go and have a look at the detail for time's sake, but I want to take you to this concept of what the Holy Spirit's responsibility is in us as the church. Because we want to seek first the kingdom of God. How does this kingdom operate? And verse 14, Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and said to the men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. So they thought they were all drunk. It's only the third hour of the day. That's 9 a.m. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. Everybody say last days. That triggered a thought in me because Paul actually dealt with Timothy over the last days. I want to read that before we read this because I'm going to take you to something that the Lord is revealing to us that the devil doesn't want you to know. Now, have you know, if the devil shows up to most people in a red suit with horns and a fork, you'd go, I know who you are. And he says, follow me. You go, I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying. So he will use all kinds of different distractions. But if he knows somebody loves God, wants to serve God, how do you distract someone from this understanding of seeing into what God has for you. And 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul deals with this verse when he says, Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. You just have to read, watch the news for a little while and you realize he's talking about today. You just get on social media for a little while and you find verse 2. Men will be lovers of themselves. Don't put that on TV. So, isn't that what that is? Now, if anyone's done it, yeah, please. I didn't. Even, I did not check your post. I don't follow your post. Lovers of money. This is what I keep emphasizing. God gives you richly all things to enjoy, but that that never be your pursuit. Do I want money? Yes, we got things to do, but don't let that become your God. Boasters, proud, blasphemers. I mean, this sounds horrible, doesn't it? Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Oh, my word. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. Brutal, despisers of good. This is ugly, isn't it? Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Whoa, hang on now. Everything else was debauchery and, and ugly and brutal and haters. And, but then slipped in there. A form of godliness. Hallelujah. Bless you. Glory. Let me read to you from the word. But denying the power. 
This person was healed when I called on the name of Jesus. No, no, hang on now. That passed away. Oh, do you love Jesus? Yes, amen. But you deny the power. Do you believe I can speak and that thing will happen? No, 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 no. That's not what Jesus meant. He, he. They go to church. They will read the Bible. They will teach from a pulpit. But deny the power. It's put in the same list. Do you think Paul was serious about this? He said, that. Look, go read it for yourself. I didn't even have to translate it for you. Love themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. You go, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. Unholy, unloving, <laughs> I'd never do that as a Christian. Unforgiving, oh, we know we must forgive. So on. Oh, no, 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 no. And then you get to having a form of godliness. But deny its power. From such people, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Listen to this now. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, family, you understand this is the same man who said, study to show yourself approved. But I have found by experience that people can study themselves out of the gifts. They're born again, love Jesus, miracles, signs. One is brought up in a church that loves these things and they love the Word so much they start studying and they start studying and they start studying. And before you know it, they're going to this, this college and this, this Bible seminary and this and this and they actually talk them out of the miracle power. Ever learning, never come to the knowledge. So we do have to know the Word. Why? Because you never want to violate the Word. You never want to speak contrary to the Word. You want to know that when the Word speaks, you're hearing Him. Because the devil also knows how to talk to you. You say, ah, 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 ah. I'll take that thought captive. That, that's exalting yourself against the knowledge of God. So I need to know the Word for that reason. But never let anyone teach you out of the miracles, out of the power out of the gifts, out of the move of the Spirit. That's vitally important. Vitally important. Family, I, I, I don't know how to be more serious about this. Because he said this will happen in the last days. Look at verse 10. Paul says, you carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, and then he throws in persecutions and afflictions. Those things are going to happen. That doesn't mean the truth is not the truth anymore. The devil's still going to try and attack me. And whatever happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, obviously these were events that Timothy knew about, serious events, but what, what, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, he delivered me. Out of them all. The Lord delivered me. I've heard it said by these Bible educators that God said no and there's some things God never healed Paul from. And not according to Paul. He says, yes, I, I wrote there. I had problems. He never ever tried to hide it. 
Be wary also of the other side, a preacher that just, you know, God's wonderful, hallelujah, from now on you're going to be blessed. And always No, I need to let you know. You've been here long enough, you know I've dulled to. Things are going to happen, but you have the faith to get through it. Don't lose sight of God. Just keep going. You have no idea what I'm going through. That's fine. Just keep going. Don't camp. Don't camp. Don't camp. Go through the valley of the shadow of death. Through the valley. Get out on the other side. But he said, you watched my life. You saw. And God delivered me out of how many of them? See, that's why he could say the supernatural. He could say the power. Now, with that, let's go back to Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It shall come to pass in the last days. That's what we're talking about. So right here now, we're in the last days. How many say amen? amen? God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What will happen? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Prophecies of on past. We don't need prophets anymore. Well, not according to Peter, quoting Joel, that in the last days when the Spirit's poured out, what's going to happen? Not just the disciples there, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men dream dreams. See, that's why I see visions all the time. Hallelujah. Dream your dreams if you want to. I see visions. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vaporous smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, whoever, 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 not just the chosen elect, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise if you can get a hold of this. Hallelujah. Family, we're living in these last days. The Holy Spirit has been imparted into His church for power. That same Holy Spirit, when God said, light be, that Holy Spirit went boom, and He flung out of Him such power that in 24 hours, there's 16 billion miles of space. Work it out, speed of light. Over distance, just from, just, <laughs> the breath of God, like, universe, creative power, Jesus said, I'm sending him, and he'll live in you. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. Woo! The one who knows everything lives in you. 
Don't ever again say, I don't know what we're going to do. Because the one who does is a breath away. A breath away. Trust the supernatural. Trust His power. See, family, when we worship Him and honor Him, it's more than just singing a few songs so we can get a goosebump. It's more than just falling on a floor. It's more than just laughing. Those are things that do happen. But we don't conjure them up. We don't have to make it happen. But when you're worshiping Him, He's just a breath away. Your supernatural deliverance is one breath away. Maybe you're struggling under heavy financial stress right now. You just need one decision. One change. Meet one person. Propelling you out of that debt into supernatural provision. It's, it's one meeting away. So how are you going to know? It's not like you walk around, are you the person, are you the person, are you the person, are you the person. No, get together with Him every morning. Every morning. Don't rush into life thinking, I don't have time to pray. I've got to get out. I've got to get to get school. I've got to get to work. I've got to get to go. Get, 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 get. And then come home and wonder why we're still struggling. You don't have time to pray? Oh. Get together with Him. Listen for His Spirit. Listen for it. Every time Janine and I made a major decision for this ministry, right from the beginning of birthing it, every time, it wasn't like we were watching TV and we told you, you know what, I just think we should. That's not how it works. We were intense time of praying, intense time of interceding, in His presence, listening. Why? Because sometimes it's just a breath, just an intuition, just a knowledge. But it's because you went quiet. He said, let me tell you. He dropped something in your heart. And then you obey that. And you don't have to wonder how. He just says something small. Go over here. Do this. Do that. And you say, okay, I'm moving. I'm going. And while you're out there, he directs your path. He guides you. He leads you in wisdom. And as you're doing that, all of a sudden, how many of you, let me just see by show of hands, have had something happen in your life that when you look back, you know for a fact, one, you didn't think of that's the way it should be. And two, there's no ways you would have even thought of how you're going to make it happen. And then number three, you wonder how did that happen? But you know, that was your answer. Let me see your hand. Let me see. Let me hold that hand up high. Now that's for all those that might doubt. Could I have worked this out? This is God moving in the lives of his people who choose to believe him. Trust God. Trust God. Moses had run out of Egypt in fear. He had done something that he shouldn't have done. And you would think that's his ministry done, over. 
And he's on the backside of the desert, just minding his own business. I guarantee you, he did not wake up one morning and say, I'm done with living in this desert. I tell you what, I'm going to go out and look for a burning bush. <laughs> no, he just got up. But I do know this. I believe with all my heart, he was still worshiping God. Because these things don't happen by accident. He's honoring God. He's worshiping God. And one day he's walking and there is his encounter. Changed his life forever. One encounter with God. A moment of fire. A moment of the Holy Spirit speaking into your heart will turn your life. But do it every day acknowledging him. Acknowledging his presence. Holy Spirit, Jesus sent you to be my friend. With you. Never leaving you. Never forsaking you. Guiding your every step. Hallelujah. 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 Just lift your hands. Just begin to worship. Just, just. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. We are only, these last 30 years, we've just been tapping into the fringes, man. We are moving. We're in these last days. I'm not surprised the enemy's trying to talk us out of our faith. It's amazing how he's used social media to try and talk people out of the word. Out of the movement of faith. But without faith, it is. See, there are some things that are impossible, but not with God. It's impossible to please God without faith, but believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those who, there it is, diligently seek Him. Diligently seek Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.